The Tampa Bay Buccaneers made a bigger splash than anyone thought they would as they bring back Jamel Dean on a four-year deal. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs> What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the 10 Tampa Bay Plus app available on your Roku device. Name is on Firestick. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Jarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my Wednesday partner in crime, Mr. Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. And of course, you can check out everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at E Klosky WTSP. And we may have jumped the gun a little bit over our dismissal of Lamar Jackson last week, and we are going to revisit that conversation coming up later on Locked on Bucks. But first, the Buccaneers made a key move on Monday, bringing back cornerback Jamel Dean on a four-year, $52 million deal. And most of us looked at the Buccaneers, looked at their cap situation, looked at the dead money, looked at their pending free agents, and thought, yeah, Jamel Dean's gone. Mm-hmm. However... Jason Light worked his magic, and uh, Dean is back, opposite of Carlton Davis, to help solidify the two outside starting corner spots. So, Evan, first and foremost, your reaction when this news came through on Monday that all of a sudden a guy who was projected to get nearly $20 million a year on the open market, much like Carlton Davis last year, was coming back to town on somewhat of a discount. I mean, it's a fantastic move. Yeah, I think like Spot Track had it at 16, 17, 18 million, even. It was somewhere in that range. And to get him for 13 per is pretty exciting. I believe Carlton Davis was three for roughly 45, was his deal with 25, with a little south of 25 million guaranteed. You know, uh, Jamel Dean gets pretty much the same guarantees a mm-hmm. year longer in his contract uh, for, for a little lower of a number. So he's a Florida kid. He gets to stay in the state of Florida. I think people wrote Dean off, not only just financially speaking, which was a valid argument, uh, but also I think people maybe read a little bit too much into how the end of last season went. Yeah. And Todd Bowles sitting him, quote unquote, riding the hot hand of Sean Murphy bunting and signaling to people that maybe the Buccaneers don't value him as much as others or Dean's pissed and Bulls, I mean, said it was very injury related that move anyway. So that was part of the reason why Dean didn't play against the Cowboys. Uh, we remember he had some toe injury, but to, to see him come back, that is, um, that is a, a huge deal because you have him, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield Jr. now as sort of your foundational pieces in the secondary while this team furiously tries to figure out its defensive front. Um, And maybe linebacker if Levante David uh, does not return. That one is, I mean, we're waiting any minute for, for that news. 
Yeah. Uh, could could be back in Tampa. We know there's mutual interest between the two. Could be Buffalo, who is a championship contending team with a need at the position. We kind of all thought Miami for Levante, right? It was kind of uh, you know, thought he would go back home, but then they they filled the need there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Levante news could break as we are recording this, but. Evan, you know, back to back to Jamel Dean. You have Carlton Davis now. You have Jamel Dean. Sean Murphy Bunting is a, a pending free agent. You have Antoine Winfield Jr. as basically your lone safety. So you take a look. They still need a corner. Zion McCollum did not develop quite as quickly as, as a lot of people would have liked to see him yeah. develop. And you're you're still going to need players at that position. So how high of a priority do you think safety and corner are still going to be in the upcoming draft? Um, I, I think it alleviates a little bit of a burden. I mean, I don't think that um, a guy like Mike Edwards is going to cost that much for a year. So it's very possible that, you know, they can still bring back dudes like a Mike Edwards. Uh I, my guess is that Sean Murphy Bunting can make a little bit more on the open market, but I'm not 100% sure of what his kind of market is out there for other teams as well. So I think it all depends on who you're going to get. Now, for me, this cornerback draft is strong. Yes. So I would imagine, even if it's not like a need, I mean, I would like to bring in a slot corner. To, to help, you know, to, to at least it, if you bring someone for a year, you can coach them, right? I mean, you got Zion McCollum, who, as we said, I mean, we'll give him the year and really evaluate him this year. You know, last year we said the same thing about Jalen Darden, never turned around. Right. You know, but I think it's fair to at least give a player, especially a rookie, a fair offseason to transition into it. You know, going back to Jamel Dean after his first year, if we would have went to fans and been like, what are your thoughts on Jamel Dean? Everyone would have been like, "Wow, he's garbage." Right? <laughs> so you have to you have to you have to have a little bit of patience here, especially yeah. with a guy like uh, Luke Gedicke. So, you know, another guy. So I would lean towards a maybe. I, I still think the the Buccaneers need to address the defensive line and that's a position of need and want. So I would rather them attack that first then go for a cornerback but i think uh, you know jason light's history is to draft a cornerback in the third or the fourth round and um third fourth fifth i, I would imagine you're going to see someone picked by the buccaneers in a secondary position in the middle in some regard yeah and, and i think you nailed it you go back to to jamel dean's early opportunities on the field and and he struggled a lot and has come along uh, a big big way and I I keep going back to my conversation with Antoine Winfield Jr. during training camp when I talked to him about Zion McCollum and and what kind of player he was and Antoine just gushed over his intelligence his athleticism so this is a guy that I I think still has the tools it's about you know how big of a jump can he make from year one into year two much like we saw with Jamel Dean. And if he makes that kind of jump, then 
you know, it'll be great to have depth at, at whatever corner you take in the in the third or the fifth or the sixth. Um, you know, because since they don't have that that fourth round, or you know, they can always move up. But um, you know, that that day three corner, can they be a special teams contributor and can they develop to be a viable uh depth piece for the Buccaneers? But the Buccaneers did get a little bit of extra draft capital on Tuesday. And I did, before we before we get into Shaq Mason, I just want to say two quick things. One, uh, just remember Zion McCollum was injured for a large yes. portion of training camp, which is huge for a young kid. I mean, you know, it's one thing to read a playbook, but to go out there and actually execute it, totally different story. So hopefully he's not behind the eight ball entering this offseason. Um Oh man, I had another one now. I forget it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go on with the Shaq Mason, and, I, and I'll I'll figure it out again. Yeah, we will be talking Shaq oh, Mason. Oh, here it is. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Here it is. Boom. Uh, by the way, also Carlton Davis is always injured, so I don't think he's played a full full year where uh, he's suited up for every game. So having depth in the secondary never hurts. That's never right. Yeah. It's it's just like edge rushers. You can never have too many. So yeah, Shaq Mason is headed to the Houston Texans after the Buccaneers made a move on Tuesday to get themselves a little bit better draft position and a little cap relief. That is coming up next here on Locked on Bucks. This episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The midpoint, midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it is safe secure and super easy to use I just used it right before we started the show to uh place a little wager on the NCAA tournament I may or may not have uh picked Illinois to lose in the first round but you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three pointers drain plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to free up more cap space when the new league year begins today. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday morning or tomorrow, if you're watching this Tuesday night on YouTube, at 4 o'clock when the uh, releases of Leonard Fournette and Cameron Brait become official. But the Bucks did save about $5 million in cap space by trading Shaq Mason and a seventh-round pick to the Houston Texans for a sixth-round pick. Now, Mason's departure had a pretty divided reaction on social media. Some people, and David and I talked about this on, on yesterday's episode, some people were saying this is a top six or seven guard in the NFL. Others are saying he really didn't do all that well, and he got beat quite a bit in pass protection and allowed a lot of pressure up the middle on Tom Brady throughout the year. I know uh, Tristan Wirfs was not pleased about this <laughs> move on, uh, on Twitter, but Evan... Do you think the uh, the Buccaneers did the right thing for both the salary cap and the team moving forward 
in trading Shaq Mason? Yeah, I, I lean towards yes. Uh, I might be swayed based on how the rest of the offseason goes, right? I mean, when these moves happen, we're only seeing the, the, the tip of the iceberg. There is a whole ripple effect and other moves coming. What are they doing with that extra cap space? What are their thoughts in the draft? We have to see all of that play out. So when it comes to the offseason, while I love the Dean uh, extension and I'm totally okay with the Shaq Mason trade, I need to see what the team looks like post-draft because then I can fully understand the, the bigger picture. We we are seeing something that's, you know, yay big. Um, you know, and, and if you're just listening, it's, you know, like a people. So um, I'm okay with it. I actually thought that Shaq Mason played pretty well last year. I think his first handful of games, I was not impressed. I think he struggled mightily out of the gates with Tampa Bay, but I really do think he found his groove and got more comfortable in that offense and, and was a steady force. I believe he was the only starting offensive lineman beginning of the season to make it the entire way. So that is also a pretty big deal uh, for a team that was ravaged with injuries. But going to that, all the injury concerns, so on and so forth, they need to get younger. And yeah. next year, on paper, looks like a great opportunity to figure out what they have with their offensive line. You know, they have Ryan Jensen as sort of the veteran stability, someone you can lean on, someone that is of the, um, you know, the a little bit Brady-esque in sort of having that older guy in the locker room really teaching you to play and win the right way. But between Wirfs possibly moving to the left side, Gedeke possibly moving to his more natural position at right tackle, Hainsey moving to a more natural position possibly at guard. I mean, and then not to mention seeing if Nick Leverett can stick uh, what does Brandon Walton have as he would be kind of that, that Josh Wells role uh, that they've had the last couple of years. You, you can learn about this O-line and really figure out how you want to move forward into 2024 when you play through this season. So I, I don't hate it. Uh, and, and to be honest, for a team that's really not competing to win a Super Bowl this year, or so it seems, it doesn't make much sense to 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 keep a guy like Shaq Mason. I thought financially it would make sense if they extended him to lower his hit sure. and then keep him around a while. But it, it, you know, if they're going to go this route, then I, then I get it too. So I, I was thinking it's more pragmatically than emotionally and what we saw on the field. It it really just comes down to how they view him with the numbers and what they're planning to do versus anything else in my opinion but I, I think Shaq's a great player I think it's a great deal for Houston I think it's great that the team pretty much recouped the same pick they traded away for him I think they didn't lose anything because of it they move up uh in, into the, the the very early part of the sixth round where I think this is a fairly deep draft I don't think it's top heavy but I think it's deep so who knows if you can spin the sixth and some other pick to move up Right. There are, there are options because, uh, as as you know from uh, the episode we did last time, I'm um, team trade back, accrue sort of the, the depth picks and kind of pick up a bunch of pieces there and see what you can kind of work through. Yeah, well, and, and you and I have talked about it. David and I have talked about it. Uh, a, a lot of 
Bucks fans, Bucks media has speculated on what the Bucks are going to do with Robert Hainsey. And, and for those that watch the Pat McAfee show, AQ Shipley was on, uh-huh. as he usually is. He's a regular there. And it just so happened he was, you know, sitting by a pool watching Robert Hainsey lift weights, and, and they put him up on the Pat McAfee show. And AQ basically came out and said, like, Robert's in a really good position right now to move back to guard on this offensive line with Ryan Jensen coming back. And I, I think something else that kind of gets lost in the shuffle that doesn't get mentioned nearly as often as it should is Aaron Stinney is going to be back. And, and he was the guy that was kind of penciled in, almost sharpied in up until that Colts preseason game that was going to be the starting left guard for the Buccaneers. So you could have Stinney back. You could have uh, you know Hainsey playing guard. You, you're going to have Jensen in the middle. You're going to have Werfs. So you take a look at that left tackle position as really the only position of need, uh, and they could they could try to do some different things. We've talked about Tristan Werfs moving over. Easier said than done, of course. Uh, you know, it, it's well, like according to worse, all it is just wiping your butt the opposite way. So right, but have you ever <laughs> tried that? It's not easy. Uh, it's not easy, but you it, know, I was I was talking to my son on our way to St. Louis, and he's like, "Is it really that hard to move from right tackle to, to left tackle?" I said, "Okay, you play right wing. You are right-handed. You are going to go to St. Louis in the very first tournament game. You are going to switch to left wing, and you're going to use a left-handed stick." And he's like, "Oh." Okay. Like, yeah, you have to rewire your brain to do everything basically the opposite way. Now, if anybody could do it, I believe that Tristan Wirfs can. I believe he is that talented of a player. And if he's 85% on the left side when he is on the right side, he's still one of the best left tackles in all of football. But you take a look, and I know you're not a big fan of the idea of, of drafting offensive linemen in, in the now, first now, I, now I kind of – well, I mean – you know, when you have Mason versus not having Mason, sure. that is a material difference. Now, I don't know if I'm investing a top level pick in it, but, you know, again, if you can trade out of the first round, then I kind of work towards maybe like a Dewan Jones type. And now we're kind of cooking with some gas where we got a couple of picks and now it's not just 19 on an O-line minutes. It's, uh, you know, some early second and then you get your other second and now you're kind of, Getting getting two for one in my eyes, yeah. And with would, another pick, I, I'm forgetting one, but you know, you get another pick if, along the way. If the Bucks are going to trade back, I rather they stay in the first, uh, so that they make sure they get that that fifth year option uh, on on whoever it is yeah. that they take. But you're in a situation now where at 19, you could see a guy that can come in and play left tackle fall to you. A lot of a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces, but. Uh, you know, the, the departure of Shaq Mason, I think, really officially opens the door that Robert Hainsey is going to be slotted in as a starting guard this coming season. But, Evan, we had a listener question. I, I want to say this. I think Jeremy Fowler was listening to you because uh, as of this recording right now, uh, the Bucks are re-signing Aaron Stinney to a one-year deal worth up to $2.5 million. Boom. There it is. Thank you, Jeremy Fowler. So another piece uh, back for the uh, the Buccaneers offensive line, a versatile piece at that. But Evan, exactly one week ago, we had a listener question about Lamar Jackson that both you and I dismissed. 
But one of us thinks that we might have been a little too hasty in our take. That is coming up next here <laughs> on Locked on Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a WTSB Wednesday edition. Free agent frenzy. New league fiscal year officially starting today. Wednesday episode of the Locked on Bucks. David and I have talked about it ad nauseum about Baker Mayfield to the Buccaneers. We have talked about Drew Locke and the connection with Dave Canales coming to the Buccaneers. We have heard that the Buccaneers are interested in pursuing Jacoby Brissett. We've seen the quarterback market now kind of shake out, right? We know the, the teams at the top of the draft that are going to be targeting one. You have the Panthers trading up to number one. They are going to go after a quarterback. They've already signed their presumed backup quarterback in Andy Dalton. Jameis Winston stays with the Saints as a backup there. Uh, you have Garoppolo to the Raiders. You have uh, you know, Derek Carr to the Saints. You, you have Aaron Rodgers. At some point, we'll stop just wanting people to talk about him nonstop and we'll accept the trade to the New York Jets. Um, it's presumed he's going to announce that on Pat McAfee on Wednesday. I, I do it eventually. Yeah, well, he's going to be on the Pat McAfee show uh, on Wednesday at one o'clock. You assume he broke his news there last time and you assume it's going to happen again. But you start to look at the Lamar Jackson market and the, the viable options of teams that could offer him a deal. The Falcons signed Taylor Heineke. They're rolling with Desmond Ritter. Uh, they have Heineke there as a, as a really good backup, in, in my mm -hmm. opinion, especially with the style of offense that they run. They know Ritter likes to be a little bit mobile. They have a guy that can run the exact same system sitting right behind him. And you take a look at two of the best in the business at being able to manipulate the cap, figure out how to structure contracts that benefit both the team and the player and can put them in a positive position. And I'm going to be honest, the Buccaneers putting something together to offer Lamar Jackson is no longer as crazy as it seemed a week ago. Okay. And you, a couple of things to, to take into consideration is the, the drop-off in excitement for this team from Tom Brady to Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett or whoever it is. The drop-off from Tom Brady to pretty much anybody is going to hurt the Buccaneers in terms of uh, excitement, in terms of ticket sales, in terms of uh, primetime games, all of it. You take a look at the relationship between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe that relationship has become so fractured that Lamar doesn't want to go back, like period, at all. So there could be this kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, we don't want to lose you for nothing. We're going to put this non-exclusive tender on you. And we won't match an offer that you get. We just want the picks. So it would take a lot of really, really creative maneuvering on Tampa Bay's part to be able to Put together a contract that's not going to crush them this coming year in terms of the cap. But as we saw Cam Jordan talking about on Twitter when he restructured his deal, these players love 
backloaded deals. So if you're in a situation where you could put together a big-time contract for Lamar Jackson where you have a lot of that guaranteed money pushed towards the back half and he knows he has that job security, he knows he has that financial security, he may be willing to take a real low you know, upfront payment for a year, then you get into 2024, 2025, and there's a ton of cap space for the Buccaneers. So all I'm saying is that this time last week, I said, it's not going to happen. Now I'm saying, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't know about that, but I mean, I, I understand the logic of what you're saying. It all makes, I, I would need to really figure out how the salary cap would function for the Buccaneers to, to bring him in. I have a tough time imagining you're not going to have to get rid of a star player to make it happen, to make the money work. Um, I, I also, if a move like this were to happen, it would be very Glazer-oriented, which, I mean, look, giving up two first-round picks, I mean, Tampa Bay has has, has done that before with a, with a head coach. So, yeah. you know, this – uh, for any team, right? I mean, this is what any fan's saying. On paper, this is a steal, two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. And it, it simply, you got to give him guaranteed money, which all the owners seemingly are, I don't want to use the word collusion, but maybe a wink-wink of we're not going to give out guaranteed contracts because it's a slippery slope of what, you know, if we give Lamar one for doing this and, pushing buttons then the next person's gonna have to yep understand that when they push buttons they're gonna get it too so you know it, are the glazers really gonna break the the company line of of the nfl and what they're seemingly doing here to bring in a player like that to make the money work i mean you know at all 31 teams i shouldn't say all 31 there should be 20 plus 20-ish teams that are saying, I don't know why my squad's not going after Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially a guy in his prime. No one's kind of built like him. You know, Anthony Richardson would would sign on the dotted line to have his type of career if he can make it happen. Um, it would certainly make the Buccaneers a – favorite once again in the NFC South without a doubt uh, and the the football part makes so much sense it's just there's a lot of other things that really complicate this matter and it would I mean Mike Greenberg's gonna have to do one heck of a job figuring out the gymnastics to to make it work that's to me that's what i don't necessarily i don't see a path right now but you know i'm also not as smart as greenberg and company so i i fully understand that as well well yeah i mean and and john spytek in there too they're they are legitimately some of the best in the business of being able to structure these things to get them done and you you take a look at at lamar being an mvp Of course, there's the health concerns. And I don't think, to go back to your point about the the slippery slope, I don't think it's the guaranteed money that the owners are trying to shy away from. We've seen Kirk Cousins get guaranteed money. Lamar Jackson on Twitter talked about how he was offered 
fully guaranteed money. I think it's the term. And I think that's what the ownership, again, it, not the collusion, but, you know, the wink, wink, that they don't want to give out that long-term fully guaranteed deal. And, and that's what the Browns tried to set the precedent with, with Deshaun Watson. So it a, a fully guaranteed deal for, you know, three years, four years isn't, isn't insane. And it's, it's probably something that most owners would or, and could do. We'll probably see it with Joe Burrow uh, here in the next year or so. We'll probably see it with Justin Herbert, but it's going to be, it's going to be about the term. And the other thing to remember is it is all about the guaranteed money. It, it probably won't matter to these guys a whole heck of a lot when that guarantee is coming as long as that guarantee is there. And I'm sure they can do a, a big signing bonus and and spread it out, even add voidable years as they've been uh, prone to do over the last couple of years to spread that cap hit out. And, and you're right, it's going to take some serious salary cap gymnastics to pull it off if this is something that the Buccaneers are going to pursue. Um, and you may lose a player that, that you really love. You, it, this may be a situation where they're like, we can go after Lamar Jackson, but we won't have anything left for Levante David, and he's gone. Yeah. Um, here's I mean, the, and the thing is, is you you have to ask yourself as a fan. I know Levante is is beloved and always will be. His fifty four is going to hang in the rafters in the Ring of Honor. But would you rather have five, six, seven years of Lamar Jackson or two more years of Levante David, or would you rather risk using one of those? first round picks on a situation where you end up with another Jameis, another Trent Dilfer, another Josh Freeman. You know, there's there's the risk at the draft as well. You can say all day, oh, we'll just use a first round pick and draft a quarterback next year and have them under team control for five years for cheap. Yeah, but a lot of quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round and not all of them pan out. Yeah, and that's the, I mean, that's the issue. Lamar Jackson evidently telling us that he was going to have uh, that the Ravens gave him uh, a three-year deal, forty-four and a half million dollars essentially um, of guaranteed money. That that he was going to make that locked and loaded, one hundred and thirty-three million, and that after that was sort of a question mark. It seems like per the contract, per Adam Schefter, he was locked in to make at least one seventy-five. But again, Deshaun Watson had two thirty for five years. And, you know, um, you know, maybe I, I don't see anything wrong with giving him a, you know, a, a guaranteed contract. And maybe you spread maybe you give him the 230, you spread it out longer mm -hmm. and you say, screw it, you're my guy. And yep. we're going to rock with you. And if you get injured, you get injured. And. Yeah. But that, I mean, that, that potentially sets you back. It's the ultimate. It's, it's a high risk, high reward. Oh yeah, because he you you gotta you gotta have some stones to pull off that. Because now at least you're getting some bang with your buck, and you can say, "Here's two thirty for seven years. I'll give you seven years, two thirty guaranteed." So it's it's pretty much like we can give you a fatter contract, but you're not going to get the guarantees. If the guarantees are so important to you, here's the guarantees. But now you're not getting the fat contract. So what do you want? And, right, you know, and that and Lamar is going to have to compromise because 
if he wants to play football, he's going to have to find wiggle room. I, I believe I, I respect him for, for being his own agent and putting his foot down. I think he should. But in the end, he's going to have to compromise somewhere. So where is that compromise going to be? Yeah, it, it, things are going to get real interesting on Wednesday real quick. Uh, if and when teams start reaching out to Lamar Jackson. And I just, I wanted to take a minute to revisit this because you know what? The more things have, have shaped out over the last 48 hours, the more I've thought, you know what? Maybe it's not so crazy. And I don't think there's a quarterback needy team out there that can reach out to Lamar and say, oh, by the way, while you've been stuck dealing with, uh, you know, borderline number two receivers at best and, and a, a top five, top six tight end, we can offer you two number one receivers and a number two receiver and a young up and coming tight end. You'll have weapons like you've never had before in a really easy conference where Lamar Jackson can absolutely take this team to a Super Bowl. So with that, going to bid you all a fair ado, something to chew on, something to get you excited about that will inevitably let you down uh, when all is said and done. But we want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every single day. Now make your second listen at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. David will be back tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe if something major happens, I will uh I'll be able to jump on with him. My son, hockey season ended, but guess what? We're back in hockey because training camp is a thing that starts the day after the season. So <laughs> if nothing else, David will be back tomorrow. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, ideas, or mock draft submissions, send those into locked on bucks podcast gmail.com or slide into the locked on bucks dms there on twitter at locked on bucks check out everything evan is doing on 10 tampa bay and at 10 tampa bay.com check out my work over at bucksnation.com and of course follow everything on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks and at ekloski w t s p hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day stay safe stay healthy Fire the cannons. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.